I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. Keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself. Do us a solid. Subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired. Keep evolving. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution, and it is a brotherly treat to be here today. We have with us Mickey Space. Mickey, how are you? I'm very good, thanks, Amrit. Thanks for asking. Um, it's, uh, it's a real pleasure to, to be here talking with you today. I've been an avid follower of your Inspired <laughs> Evolution evolution, <laughs> and um, I, was, uh, I was wondering when you might ask me to come and, uh, and share a story. <laughs> so I'm, yeah, I'm really delighted and grateful to, to be here with you, brother. Oh, it's a total treat to have you here, bro, and it's, uh, it's, it's a bit surreal, I have to admit, because it's like we have deep and meaningful chats all the time <laughs> so actually having you on a, like a formal sort of i don't know how formal this is going to turn out at the end of the day but um those tuning in for mickey for the first time um you're in for an absolute treat uh there is so much that goes into the back end of of all the output that comes from this amazing man um i, I was i was thinking about like in your intro i was like oh well he's effectively a maharishi right because he's like teaching people victory how to become yogis <laughs> but yeah, yeah mickey is a uh, is a yoga teacher that basically teaches people how to become yoga teachers it's been an avid part of his practice for god knows we're about to find out how long 
Um, and then also the amazing other component to your life, another massive offering that you have in your life is the sound element to everything that you do, which is DJ Mickey Space, which um, people know you very, very well for. I remember the first time we sort of uh, crossed paths, you weren't even aware that we had crossed your path, but it was a New Year's Eve event at Tribe so many years ago, these awesome events that we had in Melbourne. And uh, Mickey was DJing and I remember we were all just tired. It was one of these really long days. And Mickey came on to sort of ring in the new year. And um, yeah, everybody was up, everybody was dancing, didn't matter where you were from, music from all different genres, all different walks of life. And uh, yeah, it was just uh, one of the best sets I've ever witnessed. So from that point, DJ Mickey Space was somewhere in the back of my head. Um, and then we met at a meditation retreat. And uh, I was just like, oh, we bonded over a, over a song, which was um, Gaudi. Do you remember which song was spiritual that's orphans right, yeah. that's right gaudy spiritual orphans and uh i was just like have you heard this and you're like dude i've created a whole mix around this track and i was like dude we're gonna get along <laughs> <laughs> and uh and the rest is kind of history we've just been like the, the closest of friends between yourself even your partner cardia and my wife Kay as well so it's it's been an absolute treat so yeah, brother, thank you so much for being here, doing this for us. Um, you are a wealth of wisdom when it comes to both music and yoga, so it's an absolute treat to have you here. Thanks for doing this. Thank you. Thanks, Brother Bear. And, um, <laughs> yeah, a wealth of wisdom. Uh, it's all relative. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a constantly evolving um, part of the process is to gain that wisdom. Mm. Um, but I think also very much part of um, this this spiritual path is is to actually shed some of the 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 knowledge and wisdom that um, that sometimes keeps us very much contracted in the in the um, in the physical and material domain. Um, mm. Yeah. <laughs> mm. How there's a lot in there. But how's mm. the? Um, I guess if I rewind back a little bit, like where did yoga come to you? And why did it call like how what was it about yoga that called you so deeply like i really mm. wanted to like learn a little bit about you know where mickey was at when uh, because now when people tune into you you're like full yogini mode <laughs> and uh i just kind of want to understand like what was going on in your life what brought you to yoga was it something that was always present for you because when you meet mickey like everybody falls in love with him immediately the energy that he carries the loveliness the kindness the open-heartedness the grace is just, you know, ever present. Um, but it's a, it's a, it's knowing you. It's also like a practice. It's a cultivated sense. Your yoga. Um, where did that come from, bro? Oh, good question. And uh, long answer or short answer? <laughs> long answer. It's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, um, and then yeah, how much can I divulge? I suppose. I um, look, I. I I guess oh, I mean yoga is really just um, ultimately it's the pathway um, back to, to spirit back to, to to discovering and understanding who we are at our mm. deepest level and I guess we start asking those questions from the moment we we kind of gain our intellectual sort of identity and um, so. I mean, we could potentially take it back to childhood, but I, I would say, I mean, as far as understanding, um, I guess getting an insight into what yoga is and was, it happened to me around about my university years, so in my early 
uh, sort of late teens, early twenties, when um, when I guess that those times, and I'm talking, you know, I'm, I'm now fifty one years old, so so I'm talking the the end of the eighties. <laughs> I go yeah. back a little while, a bit longer than you, brother. <laughs> um, but back at the, around the, those times, end of the eighties and beginning of the nineties, it was. Um, I mean, where, where I, I was at the time growing up in Melbourne, I'd, my childhood was backwards and forwards between Italy and Melbourne, so I had a fairly unique um, and varied upbringing. Um, but uh, but at that at that particular point in time, as you're sort of exploring your your identity in the world, and um, and there was a lot of I guess subcultures happening and flourishing. There was the whole punk revolution which i was a part of um you know the punk and the grunge you know i, I managed to see nirvana live when they came out which was which was a real blessing um and that was that kind of you know that, that that point in time of that that real rebellion i guess i guess against some of the the um you know the the mainstream infrastructure of mainstream society yeah. um but then I guess there was also, and then and then it also emerged that whole um, house and techno um, mm. revolution, which also happened around about then. I was blessed to to experience that when I went to to England on a, on a holiday and uh, and landed in the first ever one of the first raves at the um, the summer of love. <laughs> mm. in, uh, and so you know that that kind of blew my mind. You know, that whole <laughs> experience in, in more ways than one. And um, and 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 then and then I was sort of I was um, I, I got um, exposed, I guess, to. Uh, through even through philosophy, looking at uh, ways of thinking of the whole kind of beatnik generation, and I mean we were past that. That was more the sixties, seventies, but the whole psychedelic revolution of that time, mm. the Timothy Learys and the Aldous Huxleys, and mm. and all of those very thought provoking um, entrepreneurs, mm. and um, and 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 the music that went with it as well. Of course, the Doors and and the Grateful Dead. I even managed to. To catch Grateful Dead on a on a trip to to the US in the in mm -hmm. around about ninety two would have been one of their last um, their last tours. Yeah. So you know I, I had a, I guess I had a taste of that whole sixties um, hippie revolution psychedelic mm -hmm. um, culture, and I guess I was I, I saw that a lot of the influence and, and the Beatles of course too they were a big part mm, huge um, yeah. inspiration at the time. And I, I, I noticed that a lot of the influence was coming from from their their journeys to India and mm. their um, and their um, their quest, I guess, for for, for knowledge and understanding um, ourselves from from a spiritual perspective. Um, which I guess that's what happened back in those days. Is this um, this renaissance of um, you know th this whole idea of, of the, the psychedelic, um, uh, the psychedelic, so psychedelic culture um, was somewhat based on psychedelics. So you know back then it was LSD and um, I think is the main one, and, and you could say mushrooms. But what these psychedelics did is they they opened people's minds to to 
well, to different realities, but maybe to a, to a deeper reality within themselves. And, and so it inspired them to seek answers to questions that maybe were always, always there, questions of, you know, who am I, where do I come from? But um, I guess uh, through the psychedelic experience, having a bit of a taste of that answer. And so a lot of them were drawn back to to India and, and, and the, um, the essence of yoga, because really yoga, even though here in the West we mostly have sort of, um, we've absorbed the, the physical practice, the asana, and seeing... It's a good um, stretch. <laughs> mutual benefits of having a good stretch. Um, yeah. but, um, but at a deeper level, it's really the inquiry into the nature of our, our true being, of our true self. And um, so, so you know, I was scratching my head going, well, these guys um, who, you know, I was inspired by, you know, the Timothy Learys, the Aldous Huxleys, the, the, um, the Beatles and the Grateful Dead, where, where did their inspiration come from? Uh, Where's that wellspring? From, yeah, right. From the East, um, Ram Dass, you know, um, mm. all, all the... All the 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 like uh, the likely suspects of that uh, <laughs> that age, um, so um, so yeah, so I started inquiring into, I guess you know from, it's interesting because a lot of people come to yoga through the physical because that's how it's mostly presented yeah. these days, and yeah. then they discover the spiritual aspect of it. Mm. Whereas for me, it was kind of like a flip side, and in, in, it was the other way around. In some way, I was really mm. quite curious about the the spiritual, spiritual aspect, aspect. so so at uni we had all these clubs and and there was a particular club called the um anandamarga which was one of the indian um, spiritual traditions of yoga mm. and so i went along you know sat on a few meditation classes and there was these concepts going around of reincarnation of vegetarianism and, and you know foreign concepts to me growing up as a as a, a young catholic boy mm. um and but you know having a a ponder on that that really um really inspired me to 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 dig a little deeper imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with bowl and branch's organic cotton sheets in a recent customer survey 96% replied that bowl and branch sheets get softer with every wash start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And so I guess, yeah, I guess that's where, that's where my journey started. And then some friends said, hey, you know, there's a, a yoga, um, you know, intensive happening down the corner at this little studio. Let's, uh, let's join up. And, and so I did. And so then I was, um, I was exposed to the asana practice as well. And it was a delight because I guess um, 
growing up as a kid in Italy, as a mm. sort of young teenager, I um, and this you know I've, I've transversed all these various subcultures in my times. Mm. At, at the age of around 13, 14, so we're talking now 83, 84, um, I was um, exposed to the hip hop culture and this kind of the original hip-hop culture yeah 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 um grandmaster flash and the furious five and and, and that whole kind of vibe and and i was i was really um very artistic at that time on a sort of visual art um basis um and um so you know the whole um uh visual art phenomenon of the graffiti art really Mm. drew, drew, drew me in and breakdance. <laughs> no. Maybe not that many people know that little secret about me, but I was an avid breakdancer. So, mm-hmm. um, so I kind of, I kind of, you know, the breakdance sort of went by the wayside probably around about the age of 15, 16, when most of us start to um, discover um, our attraction to, to women and to, or, you know, or whichever sex you're attracted to. Mm. Um, but, um, and, 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 you know, the whole party idea of going out and drinking alcohol and, and yeah. whatever else comes across your, um, your field. And, and, and so, you know, I, I kind of let, you know, I was really, I guess, very expressive and, and physical in my nature in mm. my early teens and sort of let that go a little bit in my later teens. Mm. And so then when, 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 I, when the yoga came into Rolled my back sphere, around. it was yeah. like, ah, oh, yes, I'd been missing this. You know, there was a lot of mental stimulation, I guess, through my uni years um, mm. um, and, and spiritual um, seeking, I guess. But, but the, um, the physical had gone maybe a little by the wayside so so suddenly having that 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 practice again was like oh wow yes my body and had really Mm. been missing this so so yeah so that that um that really resonated and so you know i went and then started exploring iyengar yoga and shortly after that time um it was 96 to be precise i um i was actually at at that time 94, 95, 90, 96, I was working in the field of animation. I'd studied um, um, visual communication at university, so um, that was sort of focused on graphic design and art direction, but I was always really um, inspired by, by drawing itself. I was a real avid drawer and painter, and so I ended up finding a job in animation. And um, mm. so back then, it was, you know, this is kind of pre yeah, pre laptops, pre PC, yeah, <laughs> pre PCs, pre all of that, pre phones. So it was traditional hand drawn animation, and um, and yeah, I did a did a little run at this studio for um, nearly two years, I think, on a on a series on a on a kids animation series. But but towards um, at the end of that that particular series, they they said that we all had to go and 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 take some time off before the next series um, would come in. And, um, and I was, I was really getting to my yoga that time. And so yeah. I was having this real draw towards India and, and seeing that that yeah. was, you know, that was the spiritual home of, in, of, of yoga. And, um, so I had this real calling to go to India. So when we, we were told, okay, time to take a break and, you know, I'd saved a bit of money in the, in the meantime. So I'm like, yep, yeah, I'm, I'm off, I'm off to India. That's it. 
And I mm-hmm. kind of said, "How can, if I if I went for a little longer than two months, would you let me back in?" To, yeah. to you know, say I go for six months, and they said, "Yeah, no worries, Mickey. Just go and have some fun, enjoy your, <laughs> your, your enjoy your journey to India." So, um, so off I went, you know, with this whole idea: go to India and really get to the the roots of, of yoga. And um, but I decided to stop off in Thailand on the way, with the intention, a, I mean. Yeah, I was at the same time still embracing the whole kind of house music, dance music or, mm. and culture. And um, I'd heard about the full moon party. So I thought, I want to go and check out this full moon party. Mm. And I also just need to chill out. I've been working hard for a couple of years here. I need to chill out on a nice beach in a tropical island. I hear they're yeah. pretty nice in Thailand. Mm. So literally, I mean, that's that's another long story. I won't, I won't go into too much detail, but I landed on this tropical island and a year and a half later, I was still there. <laughs> one thing, one thing led to another, and, and um, but after a year and a half of being there, and, and look, having a, a wild ride in. in but hang on a second, because uh, that's actually where the name Mickey Space comes from, right? Like you had a bar called Mickey's Space. Is that correct? Almost there, not quite. Um, Go on. Um, it is true, yeah. I, I ended up opening up a bar. Um, so um, I ended up meeting um, uh, a woman who I fell in love with and we actually got married and, and had a child. Um, and uh, and we built together. So she was Thai. She was from Bangkok. But um, we, after after the year and a half that I'd been there and I, and I scratched my head going, oh, geez, I haven't made it to India yet and, 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 and the bar situation that we were working in at the time was Got stuck kinda... at the warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, I, I, I asked her if she wanted to come to India because I had this, this calling and, and so we did. We went to India, seven months in India, um, traveling around India and, and having a, an amazing journey. But um, when we came back, we, we decided to open a bar and, uh-huh. and no, the bar was actually called Venus Bar. And, um, and, uh, but I was also, um, dipping into this idea of, um, being a DJ at the time you had your own bar, someone had to play the music. So I I thought, why not be me? (laughs) And so, um, it was also, if you think about 90, we're talking about here, 97 or 98, it was also about the time of the advent of emails and mm. so i had to create my email name and i'm thinking oh what's a clever name uh mickey's uh to to call mickey's space on the internet uh oh yeah mickey's mickey space mm. so it was, it was my actually my space on the internet and that's how it came to be right <laughs> my, right my original email name so and then and then of course having needing a dj name i thought oh well mickey space and yeah. so that's and that's how it came to be. And um, it's interesting because um, my my real name is is actually my Italian name because my Italian heritage is um, from my father's side is Michele Antonio Maselli. So mm. that's 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 my my real name. And and coming back when I came back when we came back to Australia, I lived in in Thailand in the end for seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, Running paths, running parties, but mm. having also had had that taste of um, of India, and and I went back there another time during that period as well, uh, and so 
I, I still, I, I, I had, a, I already had this this immersion into the spiritual journey, into the spiritual path. Mm. So I, some people say, well, yeah, I was very much having one foot in both worlds, um, in the in the party world, I guess, and in the in the spiritual yoga world. But mm-hmm. really, ultimately, you know, life is just one journey, and mm. experiences we need to embrace them all. But um, but definitely after some time of navigating those um, those those two worlds, um, I we came back to Australia. So it was two thousand and four, I think, when we came back to Australia. Uh, partly because I um, wanted to um, let my daughter go to a decent school, have a decent education, I guess. Um, partly also because. The, the, the party lifestyle was getting a little tiring and mm. and also getting um, a little interesting in the sense that you know we'd, we'd, we'd got pretty um, um, we were yeah we were, we were, were doing rather large parties by that stage and so mm. we were having to deal with not not just um, the local police but also the local mafia and um, and you know there came a point when guns came out in the bar and 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 you know, I, I just reassessed the situation. Going, I came to this island because it was paradise, and yeah. <laughs> I ended up living the dream. Really, I, yeah. I did for many years of just living, you know, this beautiful life on this paradisical island. But but when suddenly that that gets challenged with your actual, you know, potentially mm-hmm. your life, um, yeah, it was a reassessment, reevaluation <laughs> of all of that. Yeah, um, yeah. So um, so came back to Australia, and. And even though came back, I guess you know I, I, they didn't keep my job for me after. <laughs> I was just gonna ask. I was just gonna ask. I was like, did you did you rock back up and go, hey guys, I'm back, sixteen years later. Well, <laughs> I, think, I think the studio had moved to Perth or something like that. But, but, um, but I sort of dibble dabbled a little bit with you know what do I do now with myself? Back into a little bit of graphic design here and there. But mm. but obviously I was. Um, I was well versed in my DJing skills, so so I I, I dived back into my DJing and and, and started um, yeah and started gigging around Melbourne and um, was kind of making a living as a DJ for a while, um, but even that was you know challenging with a young family with a young daughter going to school, um, living that whole kind of nightlife world is um, mm. is a hard is a hard balance. Um, and look, I was really fully on the path, on the on the yoga path, and and I just decided now this is this really need this is my deeper calling, so I went and um, went and did my teacher training. So that was back in two thousand and six. It was a it was a quite a, a in depth course which I did at a place called Gita back then. It was a fifteen years ago, around yeah. about nine hundred hours. Um, course uh, whereas <laughs> these days most courses are uh, uh, 200 hours 200 hour sort of dip yeah um but yeah that that um that was it that was that defined my um my journey for since then and, and since then i've been teaching pretty much full-time full-time yoga teacher and, and in the mm. last few years um having the um the delight of being able to to go into into being a teacher trainer really really enjoying that path now it's been the last mm. three three four years mm. uh, teacher training 
So, yeah, what was the question again? (laughs) (laughs) It was about how you came to yoga, and that was perfect. I I think I gave you the long story. (laughs) I'm I'm glad we got the long story. So in there, bro, there's there's so much to unpack. And obviously, for those tuning in, you'll be be tuning into the fact that, like, you've, you've lived a creative lifestyle probably longer than you can care to remember. It's just what you've known probably, whether it's been... Uh, visual art or whether it's been music or whether it's been um, yoga, like (sighs) feeling into society and the way it's structured, bro, um, it's not often the most obviously rewarding path. I'll just call it that. Um, were Were you challenged by that at any point and how did you navigate such challenges? Yeah, look, I, I guess I haven't had a, a regular story. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Unusual in many ways. Um, it's funny, like the, 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 t- the time that I spent in Thailand, particularly at the beginning when we, I guess, the, the sort of peak of our, of our um, good times when we had the bar in, on the beach and, and people, people would come and, and visit and and just and and they'd be totally in awe, saying, "My gosh, you're living, you're living the absolute dream." You know, I was I was you know, living, having this beautiful little bar on the beach, um, mm. and my life was literally going down to the beach each day and hanging out at sunset, and you know, making some nice little cocktails for people, playing really nice music, and watching the sunset every day, and during the day going swimming, and um, yeah, hanging out in fisherman pants and not mm. being bothered by any of the, the troubles that most of our sort of uh, friends in, in the Western world were being troubled by. Consumed Life by, was, yeah. was, a, was an absolute dream. Um, and, you know, a lot of people came and, oh, gosh, this, this, is, this is what I, I dream and this is my kind of retirement plan. And you'd see people actually, actually coming a lot older than me at the time. I mean, I was in my sort of late 20s at the time. People a lot older than me coming and... And with the, with the hope of being able to do that, you know, saving up their whole lives, working in a nine to five, and and then you know, and then opening up their little bar on the beach at the end of mm. their life, for me it was just you know something that I just stumbled upon. I, I had no mm. no plan to actually um, to do that on the out. As I told you, I I went to Thailand with the intention of being there for two weeks. So no, no plan to be there for, for any long period of time. I guess. There was, you know, in, in in Taoism, there's this concept called Wu Wei, and yeah. uh, it's the idea of of, of of being in the flow, mm-hmm. and um, and I don't know how or why, but somehow I, without even knowing it, I had that natural inclination at a fairly young age to to you know to to go with the flow mm. and just just have have a deeper trust um mm-hmm. so always i guess also sparked by the idea of adventure and and um you know always uh um really intrigued by the mystery and the unknown and so even though sometimes there's a fear of diving into the unknown my sort of I guess motto in a way was just just dive in you know 
um, mm. let go. This is one of our biggest lessons in in uh, in in our yoga journey is to, to mm. let go of all that all of our fears of all of our contractions and all of that that keeps us locked up into this mm-hmm. kind of individual um, um, place of suffering ultimately. Mm. So so yeah, I was. Um, I was blessed in a way just to, without really even knowing intellectually that that's what I was doing, but I was, I was just diving Following in. The floor. I, wasn't, I wasn't, I saw friends back home, oh, but we've got to, you know, get the right job first, get the mortgage, get the house, get the career, get the marriage, get, you know, do all the, tick off all the boxes that mm. we're conditioned to believe is the way to, to move in society. Mm. Um, and maybe my little kind of, you know, little foray into the punk world <laughs> mm. back in the late 80s gave me a little bit of, of impetus to, to rebel against those, those, those norms. So, so yeah, so I, um, I never, I, I, I sort of didn't really vibe with that conditioning. And, um, and so even, you know, coming back to Australia was challenging in many ways because, you know, I came back with this kind of essentially a free-spirited attitude that I had into and, and it, was, it was easy to roll with that on a, on a little island where even, even the people who, who came from a more, um, you know, contracted society, um, they came and they were on holiday. So, mm. you know, on, on holiday... People, people have that impetus to let go a little mm-hmm. bit, you know, to 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 let go of all the of all those um, yeah, all those material contractions and and ideologies. So so yeah, coming back to a society which was really fully embedded into the into that matrix was was it was a little bit challenging. You know, it took me really, I guess, a few years to. To re refine, to land and find my way, and 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 there was, yeah, there was like, what do I do? Do I? That's why I said I, I kind of dabbled back into graphic design, or maybe I should get a career. Mm. Um, maybe you know I, I need a job, uh, you know, a proper nine to five, and mm. um, that's what everyone else seems to be doing. I'll need to get that mortgage. I need to get the house. Um, those questions were certainly being being asked because that's what's drummed into you here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess I already had that immersion into the, into, into the spiritual journey through my yoga practice that again, I guess I just trusted that that was, um, that was my path and, and, and so, yeah, so I dived into, into my teacher training and, and followed that as my journey instead. So you've got music, which is something you absolutely adore and love, and you've got your body and your movement and the yoga, which you absolutely adore and love, and you've got your spiritual path and the path towards spiritual enlightenment, which is the great mystery which you're ever evolving towards. Do you now look back and, you know, how how does it feel being mapped out on a path where, yeah, you're you're doing what you love and that sustains you and that gives you like the more you give to your practice to your music the more it brings back into your life like this reciprocity between the doing of your life 
and the being of your life being in such, um, yeah, rewarding harmony um, and expression, how, like, it seems like I was going to ask if that was consciously constructed, but I feel like that's been a consequence of flow um, based on what you've just said. So how does that feel at this juncture? Yeah, I guess it feels pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a never-ending journey. I still feel like I'm I'm still hopefully only halfway there or or even even less. But... um, (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> um, so, mm, good question. But but yeah, I, I, I guess when you trust in that flow, then then it's 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 going going to unfold in, in that in that in that magical way. Um, it it's, it doesn't it doesn't come without its its challenges. You know, there are there are times there have been times on the journey where you know. I've, Sort of felt, oh, geez, would would be nice to have some superannuations stashed away, and mm. <laughs> and just all the various things that 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 we're conditioned to believe is is essential. Mm. Um, but it seems the more that even in those times, the more I just kind of let go of, of any attachment to to expectation. You know, and and expectations. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to program that in. I thought yeah. that's what the word yeah, yeah. was. Your yeah, word. definitely. Um, that that things just seem to to flow in the right kind of way. I mean, I'm I'm yeah, I'm not uh, materialistically a very wealthy person, but I'm wealthy enough to have everything I need, mm. and um, and so I guess it's also you know. In a, an assessment of, of what are your true values, what is what is important for you, mm-hmm. um, and um, yeah. <laughs> and did, did did yoga help you define some of that in terms of? Because I think so many of us tuning in are materialistically inclined. Was it a combination of the time spent on the beach and people waiting for their retirement to live the life that you were already living, in potentially in combination with? The yogic path that realizing that materialism isn't everything i would say so absolutely i mean yoga is that's essentially what it is it's the the journey back to spirit so the journey of of um of understanding our true nature mm-hmm. um so the greatest uh, achievement i guess if you if you want to say so uh is is that uh, self-realization is is the is the enlightened state of being and no material wealth can determine that so um so that's you know my deepest calling and my deepest journey is towards that so as my i guess my journey evolves or unfolds rather let's say <laughs> towards that realization um i i feel less inclined to grasp onto any any kind of material um any material inclinations but also somehow it just seems that that within that flow that that i'm i'm provided for it's almost like when you when you trust when you mm. have that deep trust, there there is a, a sense of 
of Ma. Ma, we mm-hmm. can call Ma as, as the, the great mysterious energy, called Mother Nature or whatnot, but she, she supports us and, and holds us up, <coughs> provides all, provides all that, that we need upon, mm-hmm. upon this journey. So, um, so yeah, it's, um, it's an interesting one because it, it, you know, we still, we still are living in a, in a, in a material world and there is this sort of balance between, and, and that is also the yogic path, this balance of effort and surrender. You know, we still need to, even, even towards the, the journey of, of, of self-realization, there, there is, at least from the, the Hatha Yoga perspective, which has mm. been one of my main sort of um, streams of yoga that I've that I've that I've been uh, walking upon, um, mm. there is a sense of effort required, mm. um, but also with that 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 balance of, of deep surrender. Mm. And how do you reconcile that? Because they they do seem to be a bit yin yang, don't they? The essence of effort and yet surrender. Yeah. Well, you could you could see it in a in a typical let's say in a, even in a typical if we go back to basics in the typical asana class, mm. typical physical yoga class, let's say a vinyasa class or a hatha yoga class, where there's this this effort required in 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 the in the postures that you that you're you're coming into that you're moving into. Um, and that effort then is also rewarding because you feel the physical and vital benefits of the practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also there's a there's a constant reminder to also at the at the same time of making the effort of being in the pose, of actually surrendering into the pose. Mm. Um, so, in the, in the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali. Patanjali talks about, and he doesn't really go into the asana all that much, yeah. hardly at all, really. Uh, it's all really more about understanding the nature of, of the mind and, and um, moving beyond the mind. But um, but as far as the asana goes, he, he talks about these these two these two these two words, which are stira and sukham, which which sort of mean firmness and lightness within a pose. And another way I like to describe it is that effort and that surrender. So you, you, mm. you need to create a little bit of effort to, to be strong in the pose, but you also need to surrender to the pose itself. Otherwise, there's there's too much striving, and, and that and that's you know too much of the yang, which then um, when that overrides, then then that can lead to you know to sympathetic kind of nervous system state of, of being where it's you know everything's too too intense you know you're over over intensified <laughs> so mm-hmm. so yeah you need to really balance that out with with a little bit of letting go as well mm-hmm. and so within each pose there is that that duality happening but then also you know the beautiful uh, letting go of the shavasana at the end of a of a, of a, um, a yoga class that's you know you've you've made you kind of you know you've done the hard work you've you've you've, you've put in the effort to mm. achieve the asana as best as best your body can, um, mm. and then uh, and then you surrender and then you lie down and you fully just let go and drop into mm. that beautiful blissful state, and um, yeah and that's and that's really I I believe that's the way we should approach life is is with that 
that real balance of effort and surrender because um, because ultimately we live in this in this dual world and mm. like you said it's the yin and the yang of, of all of all of the polarities within this world that we live in I mean uh, the deeper truth of yoga is to then transcend that into the non-dual <laughs> into the non-dual reality or truth and that's um, that's the, the deeper path of self-inquiry which I'm I guess a little even more drawn into these days with my study of, of, of Vedanta Advaita Vedanta which is um, the uh, the non-dual um, path of, of yoga mm. so looking at into that kind of transcendence of the the duality of, of the manifest world um, and understanding I guess the the source or the essence of, of consciousness um, and within that within that reality <laughs> mm. um, there is no yin or yang yeah it's, it's all, interesting it's isn't one. it because there's the um sorry as you were talking about the yoga class and the effort and the surrender and then realizing that it all sort of you you showed up to your mat with the mat like the amount of effort that you can put in and then at the end you you surrender and you lay down and you take it in and you let go in the shavasana for some reason i couldn't help but draw parallels to like a metaphor for life and death actually it was really actually quite profound hearing you share that you know like you show up with the body that you're given and you you know, effort, surrender, effort, surrender as much as you can and in the end come back to rest and, and you know, yeah, very interesting, very intriguing. But, uh, yeah, I think that you've, you've touched on something there which, yeah, is, is really interesting, isn't it? Because yoga, a lot of it, from my humble perspective, the asanas and stuff, they come from the Vedic philosophy, right? And the Vedic philosophy is very much this, this and that, this yin and yang, um, effort, surrender. But when we start moving in towards um, Vedanta, that is beyond the Veda, yeah? And beyond the Veda, it comes back to this unity, this oneness, this, uh, yeah, uh, un like unity consciousness. I guess it's it's beyond the duality once again. Um, has it, I guess it's really intriguing just to sort of feel into what, as a yoga practitioner, kind of what continue like do you like do you follow like a model in terms of okay like I've been invested in Vedantic philosophy for this amount of time now it's time to move on to the uh you know beyond or do you does it it's just a natural calling that calls upon you at certain stages and you just evolve and unfold um into the stages that speak to you specifically yeah look I would say that 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 it is more of a natural calling yes Yes. Um, Does it mystify you that there's been like a, like, it's almost like a science in so many ways, and it's so ancient in so many ways. Do you do you trip out on that, bro? Like, do you ever sit there and just go, like, what did they used to know then that we don't know now? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, what uh, do you, do you think about that sometimes? Absolutely, and and I think that, and that's been one of my sort of, uh, passions of researching a little bit lately is is. Um, is is looking back at um, uh, something that came to me um, upon my journey was um, a book called The Holy Science by Shrami, Swami Sri Yukteswar and he was the, the teacher of Yog, Yogananda which mm. maybe a lot, a lot more people are familiar with who wrote the mm. um, 
the autobiography of a yogi. Yeah. Uh, and he talks about the, the yugas and the, the ages of, um, of time. Living. And, yeah. um, and I guess, you know, you, we, we're conditioned with our sort of infant uh, idea of scientific knowledge. And, you know, science is incredible the way it's, it's evolved in the last, uh, you know, a few hundred years. To, to have all the incredible knowledge and medicine and all the rest that we have today, but um, but I think uh, poor old Darwin might have just had it had it slightly, you know, might have had it slightly wrong. Um, this idea of, of this linear evolution, mm. um, and look, you know, there's no absolutes, and I, I'm I'm not um, saying I, I I know for sure either way, but um, but Yukteswa. Propose this idea of cycling of, of cycles of evolution. Um, so, and 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 when you just and, and when you just look out in nature, it makes complete sense. Mm. In nature, everything is cyclical. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at the seasons, they evolve cyclically, um, and things and things in nature uh, they they are born, they they evolve, they flourish, and then they wither away and they die. Mm. And that's that's really the the um, natural order of things, isn't it? Yeah, it's the natural order of things. It's not it's not linear. It's it's, it's cyclical. Yeah, and and so so Yukteswar proposed these these this idea of these these yugas. He calls them the yugas, the the cycles of time, and these cycles are really the cycles of of consciousness, and um, and so he he talks about these these cycles of being cycles of uh, twenty four thousand years for for mm. a full. For a full cycle, so that, meaning that there's a twelve thousand year cycle of evolution of consciousness, and then there's a twelve thousand year de-evolution of consciousness. Which you think, how is that possible? We've, haven't we always just been evolving? But mm. now, our um, you know our records of the past are pretty limited. You know, there's mm. there's not much that we. You know, we know that man's been around for a hell of a long time mm. and we're starting to get more you know scientific evidence that we weren't mm. just apes roaming around 10,000 years ago um, that we've probably been around for you know potentially if not uh, uh, thousands of years millions of years potentially mm. um, so you know so what do we just roam around as an ape for, for millions of years um, it doesn't seem to be the case, mm. and 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 actually, recent scientific um, discoveries are, are, are showing. So there's that that famous um, temple called Gobekli, I think. Temple. Yeah, Gobekli Tepe. Yeah. Tepe. Yeah. In in Turkey, I think it was discovered, and that's dated to nine nine and a half thousand years BC before Christ. And an extremely intelligent, sophisticated uh, temple of cere- ceremony, mm. so a ceremonial temple. So, um, but sophist- you know, super sophistication. So, you know, back, you know, more. You know, we're talking what's that? Uh, Twelve ten thousand years ago. Yeah. Um, there was a a much more advanced civilization happening than we originally thought um so 
and look, I, I studied art history at um, in 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 high school, and particularly I was in growing up in Italy at the time, and so I studied Renaissance art. So we mm. looked at at Renaissance art history, and it was it was a real blessing to to study that and being you know being in Rome and going to up to Florence to for a sort of school camp to to see all these beautiful um, artworks in real life. Uh, but you know the whole concept of Renaissance art was the, the Rinascimento was this revival of mm. of the the more the more kind of higher um, more evolved times of art mm-hmm. back in the Roman times, which was you know back then only maybe a thousand years prior or whatever one or two thousand years before a couple of thousand years before. But even then, you, you scratch your head, going, "Well, how come back in Roman times their art was more refined?" Then you know, then then this idea of of the Middle Ages and the Dark Ages, mm. when art became very kind of two D, very unrefined, mm. and then there was this kind of revival around that um, around that Renaissance time. So so you know, back then it was always a bit of a mystery. You know, it kind of didn't make sense as far as on that evolutionary scale of things. But now, when you look at this model of Yuktaswar, the idea is that you know. We 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 devolved and we were devolving in consciousness mm. for all those thousands of years from you know that the height of the of the call it the golden age of the you know, man at its highest peak of of consciousness was was around about eleven and a half thousand BC yeah. uh, and then the height of the devolution was. Funnily enough, in the middle of the Dark Ages, <laughs> around about 500 AD, and if you think about, you know, looking back at what was going on around the 500 AD sort of time, we were just roaming around, you know, raping, pillaging, and, and killing each other, mm. and, and just just purely in barbaric, survival mode, yeah, yeah. yeah, barbaric survival mode, and so this was this is said to be Kali Yuga. And Kali Yuga is the is the Yuga or the time frame, which is more focused on on the material aspect, mm-hmm. and and so we, in this model, and look, there are various models and ways mm-hmm. of looking at this, but in this model of of, of Yukteswar, you know, that Kali Yuga time frame was from about seven hundred BC, and it actually we came out of it in theory in around about seventeen hundred BC, and then you you've always got a a couple of hundred years transitional period here and there. Mm. So we've only just kind of entered the new uh, yuga, which is called Dwapara Yuga, mm. which is essentially the age of energy, the energy age. And it's interesting that, that literally on that, that time that it, that started around the, the year 1900, uh, I think it was in 1905, that Einstein came up with his... Equals MC squared. Equals MC squared. You know, you scratch your head thinking, that's a strange coincidence, isn't it? So it's kind of this this transition between, you know, materialist mentality to, Mm. you know, a slightly more energetic mentality. Um, so it's kind of good news <laughs> that, that in, in theory we're you know we're on the onwards and upwards trajectory. Yep. we're on an inspired uh, I guess, evolution. I guess, <laughs> I guess the bad news is that it's going to be quite a few thousand years before we, <laughs> before we come back to the next golden age. Oh, the wow. next, okay. uh, such a huge, but you know, yeah.
maybe in a in a in a few lifetimes we'll we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> Fascinating. And so, man, thank you so much for sharing that. I love, yeah, just the the idea of the yogs and then where we're at in it and how we're evolving and just that awareness of, yeah, just the wisdom and potentially why we're less illuminated. Let's call it that now than potentially at other stages or other ages it even seems and it's such a it's such food for fodder for food for fodder for the mental sort of curiosities um there's there's, yeah. there's also i mean some some people say oh what but you know how we there's no uh records of you know having an advanced you know technological age back then mm. you know how, how can we possibly contemplate that we were more evolved back then you know the, the the records we have is that man lived a pretty simplistic life uh in in nature and and things were, were a lot simpler back then so how could we be, be more evolved but i guess it's all about evolution of consciousness and mm. and while we we in, in this you know coming out of this material age we sort of associate material things um to be as being success as being successful, you know, um, mm. back then, potentially, man was telepathic in in his mm. communi- communication ways. So, so there was no need for you know a good mobile phone or or, or internet or the rest because it was all you know telepathic communication. <laughs> and um, and yeah, yeah, and 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 if you're living in a in a golden age where you're living in an enlightened state then what's the point of having the big house and the big car? You, mm. you know, think about even, we, we kind of know this subconsciously. Think about when we go on, on a holiday, you know, we go on mm. a holiday and what do we want to do? We want to get away from the busyness. We want to get away from the craziness. We want to leave the mobiles at home. We want to be in nature. There's no reason why you can't be that in that state here and now. And that's, I guess the um, the beauty of this this journey of the spiritual path is is it is the journey back towards spirit and to understanding our true nature and to understanding the essence of, of who we are so that 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 we can even though maybe on a mass scale of consciousness it's going to take a few thousand years for everyone to be in that enlightened state. Mm. Um, there's no reason why you and I can't be in that state right here right now. Hmm. How important is the is the essence of presence in and around all of that? Um, because I know a lot of yoga is about unity. Uh, or if you had to translate it into a word, it'd be unity, right? Am I right or am I wrong? Yeah, you could say that yeah. definitely. Um, and so in there, then you've got this essence of unity, and when I picture it, it's like unified heart, body, mind, spirit. Uh, but in order for all the things to kind of line up, I imagine presence is would be kind of a key key aspect and then because the question I really wanted to ask you was you know in this exploration of consciousness what has come to you you know um but then also just before we get into that it's like how important is presence um on that path of exploring your consciousness well I think it's everything uh and in many ways that's kind of the the new um catch word of modern day spiritual sort of uh, seekers and it's 
Yeah, it's a beautiful and easy, well, easy, easy and not easy. <laughs> simple um, but not easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm learning the difference simple, between simple those two things. Simple and theory. <laughs> yeah, these, these are things I've been learning recently, the little subtleties. Yeah. Simple, not necessarily easy. <laughs> simple. Mm. I was like, what? There's a massive, yeah, sorry. I digress. But yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, present, presence is everything. And presence is 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 really the the nature of of pure awareness mm. and and i guess the the idea is that we are um we are working towards so if you go if you go back to the yoga sutras patanjali who wrote the yoga sutras and that's a that's a wonderful um text which which kind of gives you the formula <laughs> of of um of achieving this ultimate presence but in the you know the second the second uh sutra the second verse is yoga chitta vritti niroda which essentially means yoga is um the cessation of the fluctuations of the mind one mm. one of the ways we can translate this and so it's first of all it's acknowledging the mind and so we often we we have this um this 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 battle in some ways with the mind and the important thing first of all is to is to understand the nature of the mind and how the mind works because the mind is is our greatest tool and ally to a to be able to to reach the enlightened state but then b obviously to 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 um to be able to operate in the in the world that we live in in the manifest world it's kind of like the portal in, mm. in many ways and so so the, the 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 challenge i guess is the the well it's various aspects of the mind but a big one is the egoic aspect um and and what the the ego does as far as um one of its main purposes is to is to give us our individual um you know create our individual uh framework and mm. and that's important to to be able to operate in the world uh but it also it's kind of like our biggest blessing and our biggest curse all at once so so it, it it's 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 constantly working between this idea of of through memory and experience what's mm. happened in the past of working with that and then projecting to inform your individuation yeah 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 and projecting into a possible future mm. um and so there's this constant sort of tug of past and future happening within our within our minds you know mm -hmm. through through um you know through processing and and the experience that we might have just had or through memory through um through through recollection and then you know through our intellect but also projecting into the future of possibilities um that because because that tends to be our main main reality we we tend to give it so much power that that we 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 don't allow to to be in the state of presence which is which is the the um i guess the essence of consciousness consciousness is is presence 
Mm. So if we can you know, see that, I like to see that sometimes as the inner light of awareness that, that shines through the lens of the mind, um, both to radiate out that inner light, that inner mm. presence, but also then to, to be present in the experiencing of our of our of our manifest reality so through the mind and then the mind connected to the senses to to experience but you know you think about all the experiences that you have you're 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 rarely present in the experience you know, there, there there is a seeing oh a beautiful bird and in a in a moment of seeing the beautiful bird in that moment we are present yeah, in, in that moment we're present, but mm -hmm. that moment is 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 generally a, a pretty small moment, and then the mind, the ego mind, quickly comes in to quantify or to justify or to qualify the experience. Mm. Oh, interesting bird! I wonder if that's the same one as I saw last week, or you know, <laughs> it had some, some cool colours on it, didn't it? Yeah, um, you know, immediately takes you away from from the presence of 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 which you know in, in that case the presence is 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 within presence the the subject object dissolves mm -hmm. the mind in that sense regains regains the individuality so mm -hmm. it creates that 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 um duality again between yeah, the that, subject that dissolution of the subject object is really the the is where awe works so well, doesn't it? It's it's really where being in awe works so well because that's where the subject gives himself over to the object in many ways, right? That's right, and and you know we 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 have this all the time. We have these mm. these present moments, or you know, I like to call them wow moments, <laughs> um, <laughs> because they're let's say they're they're fewer and in between than than not mm -hmm. um, and but yeah but they are there in our in our in everyone's waking reality um, and even in our dream states as well yeah even as you're sharing it I'm, I'm like realizing because we recently bought a new home and there's all this bird life there and one of the things I'll see is I'll see this bird and I'm like wow I've never seen that one before or that's really interesting I've always wanted to know what that one is and in the moment, like I'm, I'm just watching, 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 watching. And then there's a moment where it's like, before it flies away, figure out which one it is. And I pull out my app because there's this app that you can take a photo of the bird and you can figure out what it is. And in that moment, like all the sparks go on, but I'm like, okay, good to know this app. So as you're sharing, I'm sort of understanding like, yeah, where that, where the subject and the object relationship is and, and yeah, the key to presence. And it's interesting how you mentioned the second, uh, the second sutra because it is that fluctuation of the mind because in that moment there's just this, oh, wow, it's a little bird, hey, you know, and then there's this, I want to document and flag it for what it is for, for the future or for later or, you know, I've seen this one before and it's, yeah, it's that, yeah, it's, yeah, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Mm. Mickey, I have to do this podcast justice. And for those that know you, Brother Bear, you're like, you said it yourself, so I'm not, I'm, I'm okay to sort of say it, I hope. But uh, you're 51, bro. And for those that know you, 
Like, it's a really annoying being Mickey's mate and being in your 30s because <laughs> he's more mobile and agile than you. <laughs> and, it's, and, and so in there, it's, you know, first of all, deep gratitude for, I guess, the medicine that you're carrying in many ways, bro, because I have to admit, like, yeah, like even with lockdown mode being on and stuff here in, you know, where we are in Melbourne and Australia, we've like Melbourne's had the longest lockdown of all the cities in the world by now. Um, but it's, you know, yeah, just there's this real, I think with the Inspired Evolution, what I endeavour to create is something where, you know, I'm inspired and I'm evolving and my path of, you know, inspires others hopefully to walk their own path. Not that I want to be the pinnacle of the spear, but just I always see myself as the dead weight. And if I can change, everybody else can change, right? Um but inspiring others and interviewing inspiring people such as yourself to, you know, hopefully share that inspiration elsewhere. So to inspire evolution. Now there's just, I guess the, the thing is that leading by example um, is, is really remarkable. Just kind of frequency that you're carrying. And like I said, being more nimble and more agile than people half your age. <laughs> and so one of the things I want to tune into there so that, you know, those that are probably tuning into a podcast with Mickey Space, they probably want to ask this particular question, not all the spiritual stuff that I've just gone <laughs> and satisfied my own curiosities with. Um, vitality, bro, like your your sort of tidbits for vitality. is Has yoga been, your yoga is like without a doubt probably a cornerstone of all of that and body wisdom. Um, but if we were like in these last 10 odd minutes, like, can you sort of give us some insights in terms of what keeps you so vital? What do you think it is anyway? Mm. Thanks for all those lovely, uh, <laughs> lovely remarks there, Amrit. Um, I think it's a combination of a few things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't always feel fully vital. Sometimes I wake up going, oh, that shoulder and oh, I'm tired. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I know overall I'm, 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 I'm doing all right. Um, <laughs> Sprightly, uh, I would say. <laughs> but yeah, please continue. <laughs> oh, look, I mean, definitely it's it's uh, having a, a good solid practice. Uh, so physical and um, well, my yoga asana, but also my pranayam and meditation. Mm. So pranayam is a big part of my practice. And it's probably as as I evolve in my in my on my journey, it's become more and more a big part of my practice. And I really feel that pranayama. So pranayama, some people might, if you're not familiar with the yogi, yogi lingo, it's, you could say it's breath work. Mm-hmm. So working, working a regular uh, breath work practice because breath is everything, essentially. Breath is our connection to spirit. It's our connection to life. Mm-hmm. It's, it's what, what feeds us our vitality, really, at the deepest level. Yeah. So a lot of people have very constricted breaths and a lot of people smoke and, and you know, they, they really uh, they really challenge their, their, um, their breathing apparatus. And uh, so, so, yeah, having, having a really good breathwork practice, I feel that helps to, to charge me up. The mm-hmm. breath, the pranayama uh, charges me, definitely. A good diet... Um, but also that, that, I mean, my diet's, it's not wonderful. Uh, uh, I mean, it's, it's reason probably in, on average, it's pretty good. I mm. certainly don't <laughs> eat any fast food, go to McDonald's mm. or anything like that. Um, 
But yeah, I like, I like my coffee, I like my chocolate, I like mm. to, you know, the occasional indulgent mint here and there. Yeah. Um, and, it's and still Italian know, is basically what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like the pasta, you know, it's not, I'm not afraid of wheat. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, and that's, and that's, I think, a big part of it too, is, is, is the attitude, is the mm. mental attitude. Because, you know, we can get really anal with, with our... Um, with with whatever we're, we're, mm. we're looking into and 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 that that becomes restrictive in itself so even even a, a spiritual path can be restrictive mm. and that restriction you know when you give yourself restrictions that's that's what causes the contractions the restrictions mm. cause the contractions so whatever they those restrictions are um, so having a good a good healthy attitude to to life and having you know trying to trying to cultivate a positive attitude that is it about enjoyment and yeah and and that's part of it too and, and life life is is life is a journey life is a mystery and life is an adventure mm. and and we should we should be embracing the adventure so, so we should be diving into the mystery diving in embracing the adventure I, I've got a pirate hat in my wardrobe and whenever I can, <laughs> I, I wear my pirate hat with pride. You know, I'm, I'm definitely a pirate at heart, you know, sailing the seven seas on an adventure without, without, without a care in the world. <laughs> mm. So, you know, if I had to give any advice, embrace your inner pirate, folks. <laughs> life is a mystery and the ones who solve the mysteries best were the pirates treasure chests (laughs) intriguing intriguing i love that an ode to enjoyment bro and and really finding what lights you up and i think that yeah again you know it it really speaks volumes you know like the just the the energy that you carry the the way you carry yourself and the way you come across you know there's there's always the joyous mickey (laughs) and i know it's not always joyous like there's you know we've we've had some deep and meaningful chats but there's always joy to come home to you know, which is really, um, yeah, it's it's really inspirational. It's really inspirational, bro. And yeah, there's so much on your path. And I feel like even in this podcast, like I've opened up kind of 10 paths to sort of walk down in conversation with you further, but I'm conscious of the time and I just, you know, those, those tuning in um, that potentially, you know, we, we sort of potentially put a pin in it for now and then come back to, to some more of it later. But for those that are, for anything else, um, you know, I've even got some questions around, you know, just the yoga industry and potentially how it's gone from like 900 hour yoga teacher trainings to 200 hour yoga teacher trainings in the industry versus the practice. <laughs> like there's, there's so much curiosity in there and what your potential thoughts are um, on some of that. Um, but yeah, I think another deep question. So I, before I, before I let you go though, anything that is super present for you that you wanted to share um, with with those that are inspired to evolve and on their path and on their journey here today. Um, look, I guess I guess right now we're in, we're in the, the in in the real sort of eye of the storm in many mm. ways uh, with all that's happening in the world um, here in those of us who, who are here in Melbourne. You know, we're kind of right in the thick of it. Uh, mm. I'm not sure when this podcast is going to be coming out, but. Um, only yesterday we had a, had an earthquake on the equinox and in yeah. the midst of all these rallies happening in the city pandemic loose um, and it's so it's 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 unsettling times it's it's and it's look it challenges the best of us to to hold our 
hold our ground, hold our space in these challenging times. Um, I guess what I'd just like to suggest is that this too shall pass. Mm. And you know, that, this is the, the first lesson really that you learn on the spiritual path is that all of this, all of this manifest world in all its beauty and all its horror mm. is impermanent. Nothing, not a single speck lasts forever. Mm. So, yeah, so this too shall pass. So, you know, hold on tight, brothers and sisters. We'll get to, you know, sail our pirate ships again soon and, <laughs> and uh, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and dive into the mystery. Perfect. Thank you so much for that wisdom, bro. And just before I let you go, I've got one last little question for myself. Could you, for the audience tuning in, uh, define what is a Shambhala Panini? <laughs> uh, oh, look, this is a personal joke. And, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I think if anyone uh, comes and visits us personally, we might, uh, we might devolve the mystery of the Shambhala <laughs> the, the inner secrets remain secret. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> You've got to cross, that was probably like the yogic path. You've got to cross a certain level of practice before you get to, okay, certain levels of wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, bro. Thank you so much for uh, for being here, doing this with us here today. For those tuning in, yeah, uh, especially in lockdown, Mickey's been offering some really awesome yoga offerings online. Um, And, you know, with his heart wide open, they're actually based by donation, which is a total trip because obviously, you know, like I said before, Mickey teaches people how to become a yoga teacher trainer. He's been doing this for 15 plus years. It's been his whole path. And the other cool thing that he does is actually weaves all these mixes in the background to sort of accompany the yoga as well. It's this complete experience. If you ever get the chance once lockdown ends to attend one of the yin yogas that Mickey offers, it's like a, it's a journey basically. Um, but bro, I'm going to put some links to people, to your yoga offering in the show notes. Hopefully that's okay. Um, and also to your SoundCloud By the way, guys, I I would like to think, I'm not sure if this is true, but I'd like to think I played a massive part in getting him off Mixcloud. Well, he's on Mixcloud, but also onto SoundCloud. (laughs) Um, We can actually find Mickey's music on SoundCloud now. And, uh, yeah, some of the mixes on there are absolutely incredible. I'll link you guys to one of my favorite ones, which is called a Jungle Cuppy Mix. Um, And, yeah, you guys can check out all the awesomeness that's coming through Mickey. And I definitely feel like this is an episode one of many um thank you so much for doing this with us bro and uh, on behalf of myself thank you for today and uh, on behalf of the audience of the inspired evolution bro thank you so much the the grace with which you've been able to just free flow and share so much about some really deep spiritual insights is really a blessing to receive oh, the blessing is mine thank you so much Amrit. thanks for having me and, and yeah super grateful to to be on the inspired evolution <laughs> love you bro yo <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for tuning into this amazing episode of the inspired evolution without you the inspired evolution tribe this podcast would not be what it is today thank you so much for your love and your support thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve it's truly inspiring if you haven't already done so Please subscribe to the Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. 
Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.